What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Jeff's Just Jamming. And this is a very special episode this week. Because you know what? Like we promised, we're going to make up for the lost content that we weren't able to provide for the last couple of weeks. Equipment problems. <sighs> Don't get me started, guys. And girls. And non-binary. And everyone. <laughs> but... Like I said, we've had equipment problems, but hopefully we're past that and we're up and running because we were able to release an episode of just regular Chord Chronicles this week, and we're making up for the solo segments that we weren't able to provide with this week, or this episode, I guess I should say. Well, a couple weeks ago, I don't have the exact day even in front of me, but two weeks ago... It would have been episode 18, Chord Chronicles. The album that I had was an artist that I'm already familiar with, but I was already, I was familiar with his earlier work. I had never heard this album, but the artist I'm referring to is Memphis Slim. And those that listen to the podcast know I've already said it multiple times. I mean, I say it all the time. Blues music is... If I had to pick one, I would probably pick blues. It just has a connection. It, I just feel it in my soul. But Memphis Slim, I'm already a huge fan. I love his work on the piano. I love that Chicago style. I mean, he is from Memphis, but his blues is more of that Chicago style. And I really like it. I mean, I like I like all the different facets and styles of blues. But, you know, but Chicago style is very distinct and I knew what to expect going into this album like I said I already heard his earlier work and this is Blue Memphis and I think you can only find it like when you look on Spotify it was re-released because this was released in May of 1971 we don't have the exact day but the re-release on Spotify it says Blue Memphis Sweet and that's 2006 but that's how I listen to this it's still the same track listing so but I believe there is an extra track on there that maybe is not available on some of the vinyl so and that's uh, Mother Earth and that's on the Blue Memphis Sweet from 2006 so you will get that. But this album is a little different because Memphis um, Memphis Slim, in this instance, is backed by some British musicians. You know, traditionally it's like a house band or something like that. But I don't have the extensive list in front of me. I do know you had um, Chris, uh, here, you had Chris Spedding. John Paul Jones, Duster Bennett, and Peter Green, who had just split foot from Fleetwood Mac. And shortly after that, I think he disappears from the music business completely. So I don't know what that says, but I love the backing bands, you know, the artists behind Memphis, Memphis Slim and, you know, his piano, of course. But this album... It's personal in a way. Memphis Slim introduces himself, talks about, you know, he's from Shelby County. 
Memphis, Tennessee. You know, Born in Memphis, Tennessee is the title track. I mean, that's the first track. But he takes you through the beginning of his career. And there, there are, you know, there are funny parts throughout it. I mean, you have to laugh at, you know, some of the hardships that you have. But he talks about he's in Chicago getting paid weekly. Very weekly, as he says. That's my favorite line on the album. But I would say this album is for fans who, I mean, music lovers who already like blues because this doesn't stray outside of any traditional boundaries or anything like that. It doesn't cover any new ground. But, I mean, that's not a slight because Biffa Slim is a master at his craft and I enjoyed this album tremendously. I've listened to it several times now. And, you know, if I was going to give it stars because, you know, that's what we do here. I would guess I would probably give it four stars for, you know, everyone else. But four and a half really for me and the enjoyment that I have from it. But this is probably a four star album. So I strongly recommend that you check out Blue Memphis Suite from Memphis Slim. You're not going to be disappointed in it. And you know, I th- I'm going to take a quick break. Yeah, I still have one more album to talk about. But I'm going to bring someone on. So stay tuned. And I'm back. Actually, we're back because I brought a friend. Hey there, it's me again. (laughs) Me again would be Alexis, my daughter. She's been on here before, but I believe it was last year and it was on Off the Record. So it's been a while. I've still been torturing her with all this music, guys. So don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So much. But you know what? This week... It wasn't a torture because this is a really good album. And it's funny because the story behind this band and this album is almost like a movie. Like you could probably write a little movie about this. I mean, I wish they would have had greater success. And I guess you could loosely base it on their life and then, you know, make the ending like they became huge, like the Beatles or something like that. You could probably, you could really do that. I've said it really, like, skated around it enough. The band is called, like, they're, they're, they're called the Masters, or Masters Apprentices. It's like a weird title. That's a really cool band name. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was going to be folk or something like that. But actually, this is like, I mean, it's hard rock and progressive rock and blues. It has... Um, a little bit of psychedelic rock, but it's it's mainly just hard rock, and it's just really good. And you know, I was talking about it. It could be like a movie, because this is an Australian band, and I'm gonna just run through the members real fast because I think they deserve you know being highlighted. 
You have Doug Ford, Jim Keyes, Colin Burgess, and Glenn Wheatley. And the only two that I know for sure of what they do in the band, because I don't have exactly you know what their listing is, Doug Ford sings, and Glenn Wheatley is the bassist. And I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Jim Keys is their guitarist, and Colin Burgess is the, the drummer. But, you know, I'm not sure about that, those two. So, but they're Australian, like I said before. And <laughs> this is, this is going to be, I, I love it. These guys won a contest, like a battle of the sounds. So like a battle of the vans. So they won a boat trip to England. <laughs> a boat trip. That's... <laughs> Six months is what it was. That's an epic prize. Woo! Well, they saved money up, you know, because they were going to use that as their big break. They were trying to make it into the uh, United Kingdom market. Because, you know, obviously they wanted to become big. Like the Beatles or Jethro Tull or Led Zeppelin or, you know, Pink Floyd. One of these big bands. So... They, you know, saved money up. They won that prize of that, you know, that, that boat trip. And in the six months that they were on the boat, they wrote a bunch of new material. And that's actually what this album is. It actually, it came out first titled as Master's Apprentices. So they self-titled it after themselves. And it's so funny. There's a lot of different styles throughout it. But I can hear the different influences all over like this album there i could tell these guys were huge fans of led zeppelin they were huge fans of jethro toll especially in um let's see it's our friend owsley stanley the number of the third i'm guessing it's probably what it is because it has lots of flute in it and stuff like that but the song that starts they want them like they they wanted them to like the first, the first song on the album, they wanted these guys to just throw one more song together because it was just a little bit, like the album was a little bit short. So they wrote this song. They wanted it to have a little bit of a Latin flair. They wanted them to just throw something together. And it's, it's kind of, it has a sense of humor in a way. It's Rio de Camero. So like Rio de Janeiro, but it's Rio de Camero. So honestly, not my favorite song. It's, it's okay, it's not bad, but I'm glad that the other songs on the album start going a little bit, you know, to a different style, because I liked, I like all the songs on the album, with, with maybe like one song I didn't like, and this is on Spotify, and the song that I didn't like on Spotify actually wasn't on the original album, because it's just not, it's just not listed on here. So, and I, I don't remember the name of it. So, if you listen to this on Spotify, the very last song, I think it's New Day, is what it's called. And I just didn't care for it. It's not bad, but I think it's, like, weak. That's also the one that I didn't really enjoy, the one that you don't like. It's just, eh. It's not, like, horrible, but it's not great. Yeah. And there, there was one song they released as a single, and it's Because I Love You. The... Like the main part of the song, not the non-chorus part of it, sounds like he's trying to emulate Robert Plant, not in the high-pitched rocker vocals, in the acoustic style when Robert Plant's being real personal and just real clean vocals. 
it's it's really good I, I really like it and the chorus it goes into something a little different it's more hmm, it's rock but it's not rock rock like not like Led Zeppelin so they're not going to go into something like that they do go into stuff like that in other songs I mean the song Caddy it rocks out the song Death of a King there's some crazy guitar like solos in that they found out where they were um, I think on when they were on the boat they got word that Jimi Hendrix had passed away so they wrote a song as a tribute to him on this album it's a song for a lost gypsy and I didn't know that when I just listened to this originally and I was like man this sounds like the Jimi Hendrix song and okay makes sense so it's really good and then they like they end the album with a just like a little short instrumental and well it's not short short but it's it's acoustic I said instrumental but it's more of an acoustic thing and it's song for Joey part two but I thought that was weird because song for Joey is not like a part one's not on this album so that was just weird so that means I have to go back now and listen to the song for Joey original because I don't like listening to part two before I listen to part one that's just me but I liked every song listed on the track list for the original album like I said it was originally Masters Apprentices was the album but they re-released it I don't know if I said that but it's choice cuts when it was re-released in Australia they went back to Australia because they ran out of money and didn't get any money from the record label so they weren't getting any support they were doing well but they just overextended themselves so this is just a, an example of a good band that had success in their home country but they just it was just too much of an obstacle to try to break into that UK market if they would have been a little closer and not you know Australia's far especially then having to take a six month trip just to get there I mean they could have flown but that's really expensive and so you know that would that ate into their budget they just you know they just didn't have that much money lots of talent but you know not enough people to believe in them well I believe in these guys so I'm gonna check out more of their stuff and for me this is four and a half stars I really enjoyed it so if you whether you find it as Masters Apprentices or Masters Apprentices Choice Cuts either one pick it up vinyl or just listen to it on Spotify I think you're really gonna enjoy it but you know what did you, what would you give it if you were giving it stars? I'd probably give it the same as you. I'd probably end up giving it a 4.5 like mainly because there was like that one song at the very end which I'm not even sure if it counts since it wasn't like listed on the album, but I will knock both points off for that song cuz I just did not find it really like, capturing almost. Well, also um, I like Doug Ford's vocals. They they get better progressively throughout the album, but he's not. They're, they're not as strong as like a Robert Plant or someone like that. So they sound thin sometimes. So the production wasn't great on the vocals sometimes. So you can't understand the lyrics a lot of times, which doesn't bother me. A lot of it's because Glenn Wheatley on bass is really good, and his bass grooves really kind of just overpower. The vocal work so the production's not as great as i would hope which is funny because it's from abbey road so they recorded at abbey road studios where the beatles recorded everything and i believe they used one of the producers 
Jarrett. Uh, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> J E double F J A double R A double T. So that's Jeff Jarrett. That's a wrestling joke. You won't understand it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I won't understand it. But anyway, they do have another album. So I'm honestly, I'm excited to hear what they have come out later. It's Nickelodeon. And that's amazing to me because I thought Nickelodeon was just the channel. I, I mean, that's on me. I didn't know Nickelodeon was just its own word. So. Yeah, that's it's it's kind of surprising to me that they would like. I don't know how long Nickelodeon has been around or whatever. Like, if they had named an album after the word, I'm sure that they probably would have heard of it by now. Probably would have done something about it. Especially if it had gotten mainstream, like, really popular, I think Nickelodeon probably would have gotten a little bit upset if it weren't its own word. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But yet, four and a half stars, guys. So definitely check out Master's Apprentices, Choice Cuts, or Master's Apprentices, however you can find it. But you know, that's the last album that I have for this week. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back... I think Amy is going to be all alone for her two albums, so stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Amy here, and as always, I am all alone on this special episode of, what is it, the 20th week now? Oh my gosh, I can't even tell, especially with us having to skip a couple of weeks. I am so mixed up, but that's really not that unusual for me. <laughs> no, I am at least average intelligence I'd like to say above average but things have just been crazy for the past year really and this week has been no exception but that's not what I'm here to talk about I'm here to talk about music of course this is Chord Chronicles that's what we do we talk about music so I've got two albums that I'm going to talk about for my segment this time the first one that I'm going to talk about came out May 3rd, 1971, so we're not too far behind, we're just a little bit behind, and this album is by Loretta Lynn, and this is um, I Wanna Be Free, is the title of the album. Now, this is not the first Loretta Lynn album that we have reviewed. We reviewed... Um, I think it was this year we reviewed an album that she did with Conway Twitty, and we had reviewed uh, Coal Miner's Daughter, and I think we did another one last year as well. So, definitely not the first. And of course, you know, I'm from Kentucky, and I grew up listening to country music. Loretta Lynn is nothing new for me. At all. 
I am very familiar with her, and we've talked about it before. She's okay. She's not my favorite. Uh, I appreciate the talent that she has. I do think in some ways she is a little bit overrated, but she's not bad. I don't want to disparage her or anything like that. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, as always, I go into this with an open mind. Even though I am already familiar with the artist, I don't know the album. And I don't want to judge it before I listen. So, going into it with an open mind, I listened to I Wanna Be Free. And it sounds like Loretta Lynn. This is just, it's what you expect when you listen to Loretta Lynn music, if you're used to listening to her or familiar with her work. There are several covers on the album. Um, there were two songs that were written by Chris Christopherson, Help Me Make It Through the Night and Me and Bobby McGee. There was also a cover of Rose Garden and Put Your Hand in the Hand. I, like I said, I do think that Loretta Lynn sounds good in general. It's a very country sound, but that's not a bad thing. I don't think that she always has a clear destination or goal in mind for her albums. So I kind of go back and forth. She kind of goes back and forth between whether she's going to be the sassy, strong woman or just a you know, typical old school housewife, almost a doormat. So... I kind of wish that she would just pick a side and stick with it instead of going back and forth. I feel like it would be easier for me to judge stuff if she would. But she doesn't. You know, you can't say that she is that sassy strong woman because sometimes she's not. And in a way, I get it. You know, nobody is one thing all the time. There are all sorts of shades of gray, but it's just... A little unfocused, I guess, her work is. And her lyrics do tend to be pretty simplistic most of the time. That's not always a bad thing, but sometimes it can come across as... You know, I wish she would go a little more complex, maybe a little more mature, if that makes sense. This album was more of that. It does sound good. I'm definitely going to give her credit for that. I really liked her cover of Help Me Make It Through the Night. I thought that one was really pretty. Now, none of these, the covers at least, are as good as the most famous version of the songs. You know, uh, especially with Chris Christopherson. You know, the original is not necessarily the best version, but... Her version is not as good as the best version. Not as good as the original either, even if that's not the best version. That might not make any sense, but like, take Bob me and Bobby McGee. That's the obvious one. The best version, obviously, is Janice Joplin's. You know, Chris Christopherson's is not quite as good as that, but it is the original. So... You've got three versions. You've got the original, you've got the best version, you've got the Loretta Lynn version. With Help Me Make It Through the Night, I think, you know, Chris Christopherson's version is the original. 
it's not as good as the best version and I can't think right now who that is. I apologize. But his is not the best version, but it is the original. Loretta's is not as good as either of those. I don't think. But I do think that it's really good. I thought it sounded pretty. Now, me and Bobby McGee, not as much. It's... I don't want to sound mean. Because, you know, I do appreciate a lot about Loretta Lynn. But this song, you know, me and Bobby McGee, it's just not her song. I really hope, for her sake, that she recorded her version before Janice's version came out. Because it can't hold a candle to Janice's. There is no comparison. The other covers can hold their own if you like the style of music. You know, and me and Bobby McGee is originally country as well, but you know, Janice's, it's not quite country. And it is clearly better. Loretta just did a straight country version, and it's just not as good. It was, it was a little off-putting in ways. Not just because it's not Janice Joplin, but it was just not that enjoyable for me. I'm going to say that. I do think Chris Christopherson's version of that song is better. I can't say whether Loretta Lynn recorded her version before Janis Joplin's version was released or not. It took two years to record all of the material for this album. Uh, Loretta started in 1969, but she didn't finish recording it until March 1971, since Janis Joplin's version is on her album Pearl that came out in early 1971. There is a good bet that Loretta's version of Me and Bobby McGee was recorded before Pearl came out. You know, so maybe she hadn't heard Janis Joplin's version yet. Maybe if she had heard it first, she would have done hers a little bit differently. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that. But that song was just not great. Oh, and this was her 17th album, by the way. Uh, I mentioned that we had recorded several of hers. We haven't, or that we had reviewed. We haven't reviewed 17 of them, but this is her 17th. I don't remember exactly when she got started, but she is very prolific. You know, she puts out, or put out at this time, several albums a year. You know, this, you know, I think she has more coming out later in 1971 that we just haven't gotten to yet. So, we will be talking about Loretta Lynn again. I think this is probably the best album of Loretta's that we have reviewed so far. It's still not like an outstanding knockout, oh my god, I love this album type of thing. But I do think that this one was a little more interesting and just generally sounded better than the previous ones that we've reviewed. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I don't remember what I gave the previous ones. And she's had really good songs before this. I mean, Coal Miner's Daughter. But I feel like three and a half is a fair rating for this one. It is a strong three and a half. I will say that as well. It wasn't quite four. It was approaching that. So, three and a half stars. Now, I've got one more album that I am going to talk about. And I don't have nearly as much to say about this one. But my second album for the week came out May 12th, 1971. This one is, well, 
it's Jazz Fusion. And this one is Weather Report by Weather Report. Like I said, they are a Jazz Fusion band. I have heard of Weather Report before. I don't know them well. I know one of their songs. I know Birdland. And that one is really good. I really like that song. So I went into this thinking, okay, I know that they're talented. I know they have that one really excellent, really catchy song. It's instrumental, but it's really catchy. I didn't know what this one would be like. This was their debut. I think I said it came out May 12th. Um, but I didn't know anything else about them other than that one song. And since this is the debut, I thought it could be totally different. It wasn't. It is somewhat different. But it's not totally different. And I say that as a compliment. It was pretty atmospheric. Especially the first track. It has a good sound. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. So, like I said, I don't have a lot to say. Um, one thing that's not really related to the band, but I'll mention it. Uh, this came out on Columbia Records. And Clive Davis was the president then. You know, Clive Davis is very well known. He stated about Weather Report. In fact, he actually wrote it on the, al the back sleeve of the album in the liner notes. There have always been two kinds of musicians, those who create and those who imitate. Weather Report creates. And I think that's true. I don't think they're necessarily like anybody else. It does have sort of a different sound. They're not the only jazz fusion band, but I can't really compare them to anybody else. Like I said, it has a good sound. But... There's not a whole lot to say about it. And there's eight tracks on it, but none of them really are all that memorable. They were enjoyable when I listened to them, but they're not memorable like Birdland. So I'm saying that it's, it's good background music. It's not really music to sit and just listen to. You know, it's not foreground music, at least not for me. But if I'm doing something else, and I you know, just need some background music, something I don't have to really focus on, but something that sounds good, this is perfect for that. That's really all I have to say about it. There's not a lot of info available online about this album. But it is, I believe, on Spotify. I think that's where I listen to it. So my best advice is just to go listen to it yourself because it did sound good and having said that I'm gonna give this one three and a half stars as well it you know, it was enjoyable but I can't give it anything higher than that because it wasn't particularly memorable and it's not something that I'm just gonna sit and listen to so those are my albums for our solo segment special so, if you've listened to these albums, you know, mine or my brother's, he reviewed his earlier. If you've listened, let us know. Send us a message or leave us a comment on social media. Let us know what you thought about them. Because, you know, we like to listen and 
come up with our own thoughts, but we want to know what other people think about these as well. So definitely let us know what you thought. And as always, take care of yourselves, take care of others, and just be kind. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.